And today's Mother's Day. What a wonderful day it is. Let's have all the grandmothers, great-grandmothers, mothers all stand. Go ahead and stand. We want to look at you, gaze upon your loveliness. And let's just give them a thundering applause. Yay. Yeah. How beautiful. Beautiful. All right. Well, today is a day we want to uh, honor our mothers. Tony's not here to tell you some happy jokes, so I, it's fallen on me. Why did God make mothers? I'm just picking up on what some other little kids said. Why did God make mothers? She's the only one who knows where the scotch tape is. Another one said, think about it. It's the best way to get more people. Why did God make mothers? Mostly to clean the house. Another one said, to help us uh, out of there when we are getting born. What kind of little girl was your mother? My mom has always been my mom and none of that other stuff. I don't know because I wasn't there, but my guess would be pretty bossy. What kind of little girl was your mom? They used to say she was nice. Another question, what would it take to make your mom perfect? And um, the answer was, on the inside, she's already perfect. Outside, I think some kind of plastic surgery. <laughs> Another one said, uh, what would it take to make your mom perfect? Diet. You know, her hair. I'd dye it, maybe blue. One mother said, I'd, be, I'd like to be an ideal mother. How, how many of you would like to be an ideal mother? Yeah. But she said, I'm too busy raising my kids. That's about the truth. So today is our day to honor mothers and, and grandmothers and uh, just mother in general, mothering. There's some people who never have had their own children, but they are a, a mother figure to other people. And it's scriptural. Uh, God honors people who haven't even had children, yet have this lovely mothering to other people. In Isaiah 54 and verse 1, uh, God honors people in this way too. So we just want to pick up on this honor. But today... What I really had uh, stand up in my heart was that it is not just to be a day of honor, but a way of honor, a way of honoring our mothers in our everyday life. And so um, to do this, we're going to look into the word of God. If you'll look at Ephesians, the sixth chapter and the first verse, Paul is going to give some instruction to the church here. And we're going to look into it and dive into to this day of what God has to say about moms and then to moms. Let's just pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your great plan. It was your plan. It was your idea about mothers. In fact, Eve's name means the mother of all living. And so, Father, I thank you today for the opportunity to look into your word and from your word and from your precious presence that is here today. We thank you for the honor that you bestow upon moms today. I thank you for the honor and the, the strength and the courage that you give to moms today. And, Father, for all of us that are here today, we take instruction from your word we look into your face today and are lightened so that we can walk in the light of your word, in the light of your life, in Jesus' precious name, amen. All right. So in Ephesians, the, the sixth chapter and the first verse, we want to look at that because Paul was given instruction here to the church. And if you'll remember, Paul is the one who gave such amazing instruction about us in this covenant being not under the law, but under grace. And so in this first, uh, in this first verse, 
it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And then verse 2 says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. And so he is quoting the law. And Paul was real plain about it. He said, you're not under the law. Isn't that true? You're not under the heavy boot of the law. The law ended up being something that was a pressure, that, uh, a rule, a regulation that bore down on people, ended up showing them their inability to live up to it, and ended up being the source of or a, um, a factory of, of condemnation People couldn't fulfill the law. So the law was an external pressure to do really uh, something that was wonderful. Everything that we see written in the law, because the Bible says the law came from God. It was delivered at the hands of angels. It was good and wonderful. Uh, Nothing terrible about the law. Nothing terrible about not murdering, is it? Nothing terrible about not stealing. Everything in the law was good and wonderful. It was though a pressure upon people to do because there was no inside power to actually do it. And so they became aware of their inability to do it or to live up to it. Praise God that when Jesus came, he fulfilled the law. And he made a way for our hearts to change. If you go in your Bible to Hebrews, the 8th chapter. So while we're not under the pressure of the law, external regulations saying, this is the best way for you to live your life. This is the way that life is intended to be lived by people that God created. Um, There just wasn't a way for those people to actually have the power to live it out until until Jesus did his work. And in Hebrews, the eighth chapter, there's a verse of scripture that we want to see here in verse 10. Hebrews 8 and verse 10. It says, but this is the new covenant. Say new covenant. That I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws where? In their minds. And where will I write them? In their hearts. In the old covenant, when God gave the law, it was written on stone. And it was held up. It was externally visible. And it was externally enforced. In the new covenant, the Bible says that in this new covenant, God got into our hard drive. He recreated our hearts and actually put the way that life is to be lived on the inside. So he said, I will put my laws in your mind. I will write them on your heart. I'll be your God and you'll be my people. And so uh, what God means for life to be lived and how it is to be lived is on the inside. What Paul did in his epistles is he showed us what is written on the inside. He didn't say, do this. He showed us what's already on the inside, enabling us to hook up with really who we are. In Christ, we can fulfill the things that bring God honor. Amen. And it's not a pressure on us. It is a power in us. Hallelujah. That is the work of grace. That is the work of redemption. That is the work of of, of the new birth on the inside. And so when we're looking at this, he, uh, Ephesians, the sixth chapter in the second verse, it says, honor your father and mother. And then he goes on to say, this is the first commandment. Um, what Paul was saying is that there is on the inside of every born again believer, a desire and an ability to honor our father and our mother. From the inside. Now today we're going to just put a telescope on mother. 
The scripture says father and mother, and this goes for fathers too, but we're going to look specifically about honoring mothers according to to what God has to say. And there's something on the inside about it. It's It's not a rule of the church, but what it is is an empowering of grace from the inside. And this, this wonderful way of, of honoring God is actually uh, one of the Ten Commandments. And it is actually the fifth of the Ten Commandments that used to be on the outside but are now on the inside of us. Empower, empowered to do it. And this fifth commandment, it's interesting when you, uh, uh, you look at how the sages looked at the the Ten Commandments, there were five commandments. The first five was how people were to interact with God. The second five was how we were to interact with people. The only thing was, is the first fifth, or the first, uh, the fifth one on the first uh, group was to honor your father and mother. And that, so that seems like that was how you're to treat other people. But actually, uh, this word honor in the Hebrew is the word kabed. And that means heavy or it's translated in other places, glory. It's a very strong and important word. Give glory to or heavy with good things towards your parents. Specifically, day, uh, your mom, your mother or mother's. And so this word is a very strong word in that language. Honor your father and mother. And in this honoring of our parents, it is a way that we honor God. We just got through worshiping just a little bit ago, and I'm so thankful for our our, uh, worship team. I'm just so thankful for them. Every time we can just count on... uh, not a, not a performance, but just an opportunity to go into the throne room and worship the Lord. Aren't we thankful for our worship team? Thankful for their, the work that they do to just, um, they're practicing. And the, but it's not just their practicing, but their life before the Lord. Uh, but that is one way that we worship the Lord. That's one way that we honor God is when we put our hands up or when we sing a song about honoring the Lord. But honoring God is so much bigger than a song. Honoring God is so much bigger than just saying, I honor you or I give you praise. Honor comes into a way that we live. And so we see that when God put to honor our mothers in the first part of the Ten Commandments, it is one way that we honor God. It is a worship to God to honor your mom. Hallelujah. That's interesting, isn't it? We honor and we give uh, God his place by giving honor to one uh, one of the one of the people who helped bring you into this world so we're going to look a little bit further about how we can give honor to our parents and specifically our mothers Jesus fulfilled the law and gave an example about this you know uh, when he first identified the fact that he had a very unique father. He was the first one to actually have and be able to call God his father. And uh, it was when he was 12 years old. No one told him this. No one sat him down in a class and told him that God was his father. He came to know it by revelation of the Holy Spirit to him. And so when he was 12 years old, after his parents found him in the temple... He'd been missing for three days, and they finally found him, and they were, you know, as you would be. Anybody ever lose your, your kid? We lost, um, we lost Lily in the zoo one time. Yeah. We lost her in the zoo in Rome one time, and then uh, we lost Annalisa in Poland in, uh, yeah, that was a scary thing. 
And we were just about, we were just about two minutes from losing her to the police there. We'd have had to uh, go to court to get her, get her back. And yeah, that was a spooky one. But Jesus was gone for, for some time. And when he was, was found, he was found in the temple by, by uh, his parents. And they said, Jesus, what are you doing here? Uh, you know, don't you know we've been looking for you? And he says, don't you know I must be about my father's business? And this is right in the end part of Luke, the second chapter. If you're taking notes, you can just write it down. Luke, the second chapter in the, 50, the 51st verse. It says that he, after this time of uh, saying, don't you know I must be about my father's business? And the father he was talking about wasn't Joseph. He wasn't talking about carpentry business. He was talking about his father in heaven's business. And so he, he had this amazing revelation about himself. And do you know what the next verse of scripture says? It says he went home, verse, verse 51, then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. And so uh, his devotion to the God that he had identified as his father wasn't carried out by him being disobedient or dishonoring to his earthly parents. Actually, the opposite was true. When he identified who his heavenly father was, it played out in life in honor to his parents and to his mom. Later on, then at the end of his life, in John the 19th chapter, you can see a verse of scripture, a verse of scripture here, 19, verse 26. Uh, just uh, two other things later, uh, two other statements of Jesus later is going to be, it is finished. This was going to be his last words before he, he dies. And so uh, we see in John 19 and verse 26, he, his words are about his mother. Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved. And he said to her, dear woman, here is your son. Now he is in the very, the very heart of his last part of the redemptive work. He's going to be committing into, into God's hand his spirit, and he's going to be saying in just a, just a few minutes, it is finished. And so this, this is so weighty what he is saying right here at the end. He said, dear woman, this is your son, verse 27. And he said to this disciple, here's your mother. And from then on, this disciple, speaking of John, took her into his home. Some of the last business that Jesus did while he was hanging on the cross redeeming the whole world was to give honor and take care of his mom is that amazing so jesus example and he was full of grace and truth he didn't do it just because the law required him to do it he did it because he was full of grace and truth. And in this being full of grace and truth, that is the way that he was able to fulfill the law. He didn't come to tear it down. He didn't come to make fun of it. He came to fulfill it. But he didn't do it with the pressure of it. He did it because he was full of grace and truth. And he lived out this example in front of us. There was something else that he said in the middle of his, of his ministry. One time they came to him and they said, Jesus, your, your mother and your brothers and sisters are outside asking about you. And he made this statement. He said, who are my mother and my brothers and my sisters? And he, and, uh, and he said, they are the ones who do my will. Now, in that statement, it could seem like he was diminishing the value of his mother who was outside asking about him. But Jesus in no way would ever, could ever diminish the value of his mother and honor her. At the same time, no, instead of her, of him diminishing her value in that statement, actually, he is 
elevating the, the value of everyone who does the will of God. And so he had tremendous value for his, for his parents, for his mother. And then he gives value to people who are doing the will of God. Folks, if there is a way that, you're, that we are doing the will of God this morning, Jesus puts tremendous value on us, not just knowing what the will of God is, but doing the will of God. It's valuable to him. And it's valuable to the Father. And so Jesus fulfilled the law in, in his honoring of the Father. So how do we honor God? Because honoring God was a part of, of what is written in our heart to worship the Lord our God. That's what's written in our heart. How do we honor God? What is one of the ways we honor God? Well, as I was saying just a little bit ago, we, we sing, we, we say, I honor you, I worship you, uh, you're first in my life. We say those kind of things, you're the Lord of my life, I, I give you honor. And so one of the ways then that we can honor our, our moms is, this is just really practical, is by what we say to them. And... Uh, the way we say it. And when I was looking at these things in the word, it stirred me up um, to say some things about my mom. And everybody has one. You say, well, my mom is, is not even al alive. She's already passed from this life. Do you know that in, in Jewish culture, it was possible to continue to honor uh, your, your mom or your parents by... Uh, by this good eye that, that Murray was talking about, this good eye of being generous, that you could give to something living, you could give to a cause that was living in honor of somebody who had already passed. So that when you see something going on that was helping people, like even uh, this PNG um, mission that is going on, it would be possible for you to give in honor honor of your parents that was the Jewish culture you could give in honor of somebody who had already gone on to the other side and then when you see that work that is being a blessing to people who are living it's like a living memorial or living honor to somebody who's already gone on isn't that nice and so you don't remember them by their death you remember them by people who are being helped that's a wonderful thing. But uh, we see here that it's, it's not just, it's just not what we say. It's also how we say it, how we can honor moms. And so that's why I say today is not just Mother's Day, but it's a, a, God wants to introduce a way of life that we and the way we talk and what we say to our mothers is an honor, not only to them, but also a worship to God. And so just from the word, we want to encourage uh, us to honor our moms, whether they're living or whether they're gone. We speak of them well, we speak to them well. Do all the moms like that? The Bible has so much to say about it. And dads do, the dads too, because God said to honor your fathers too. We're looking specifically at mothers. But to, to speak to them, to speak of them, and, uh, and not just to think it, but to say it. To actually say the things that are honorable about them. Um. One thing that, that could be helpful to do it, to make it uh, a, a way of life or a way that we, we live in this kind of honor is to think of different virtues. And um, you could think of a lot of times the things that moms do that you don't like. Did your mother ever do anything that you didn't like? I think, I think all of ours did, and some did more than maybe others. But, but you can't honor somebody by acknowledging the bad. 
that pulls down and dishonors. To honor, you'll have to find something good. And God, if you ask him, will show you. And some things are obviously sticking out there to be honored. Some things might have to, you might have to get some help from the Lord. But he would show you honorable things. To make a list of different things that that, that mom does, different attitudes that she shows, the work that she does, the help that she gives, Anything that you can, you can see that is honorable about that person. And just one, uh, one of those honorable things every day of a month. Say it. Say it. Name what is honorable about, about moms. And then another, another thing that could be a way that we could honor is in our actions. And... Uh, I was thinking about my mother, um, things that she taught me to do, uh, even things in the kitchen when I'm cleaning. I remember sometimes when I'm doing it, even though it happened maybe uh, close to 50 years ago that she taught me different things, when I'm doing those things, I remember my mother. And so uh, we honor our mother in carrying out what she's asked us to do. We honor our mothers by, by not only what we say, but also in how we carry out our life as well. And so uh, honor is really, really uh, a way of life instead of just a day. I know in... Um, Italy, they had a woman's day there sometime in March. There was a special yellow flower that was blooming at that time of the year, and women would take uh, that day off of work. They wouldn't uh, do anything in the house. They wouldn't do anything. That day they would get together, and a lot of them would grumble about what they had to do the rest of the days of the year. <laughs> but um, So it was just there that one day, that one day. But I tell you what, uh, God has designed that we live in a life of honor. One of the things that is important to, um, to this particular church family that we've identified a long, long time ago and wrote down is, is a, a characteristic of honor and that it be developed enough so that it was identifiable when we're around each other and when we're talking about each other, when we're not around each other, that there is an, an atmosphere of honor. And not just honor to some people, but honor to anybody who comes in here. And so uh, today, we're just amping up the honor for mothers. Amen. Can we just put our hands up and let's just thank God for mothers Hallelujah. Oh, God, we're so thankful. Thankful, thankful for our mothers. All of us have them. We thank you for mothers. And we thank you for the grace of God that comes through our mothers. And through mothers in general. Hallelujah. Now, we want to go on to something else. Uh, this is mostly two moms. This was That other one was about... And four moms, but this was two mothers. Uh, for some time, it's been interesting to me in going back and, and studying the kings of the Old Testament, like uh, Judah's kings and Israel's kings. It's interesting that uh, when you look in First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles, that there are um, there's 21 times that the king's mother is listed. They name her, his mother. And it's interesting, I found, and I've made little notes, uh, you know, just over the years as I've looked over these, uh, the influence that mothers have had on their, on their kids, enough that it made it to the Bible. Some of these mothers had terrible influence on their sons. And uh, 
Some of these mothers had good influence on their sons. Some of the sons that became kings uh, didn't follow their mother's influence. And uh, so there was a a bad mother and their son uh, resisted that influence and became a great person, a great king and a, a godly king and vice versa. And so, uh, the, but mothers, uh, you could see from, from that, that uh, a nation's rise and fall could be influenced by moms. That's pretty interesting, isn't it? And it seems to say to us that mother's influence was not just on children, but upon nations. And if you could sway the world in a good direction, it might be worthwhile to invest in the influencing of the mothers in that nation. Because the mothers have a tremendous influence on children and they are the next generation. And so we want... We want the honor of God to be upon mothers so that mothers rise up into this honor, influence their children in the way of God. And it will affect our, not only our homes, not, uh, Colin was saying how the word of God affects homes, a family. That family can affect a church. A church can affect a, a, a city. A city can affect uh, a region. And those regions can sway a nation. And if the devil can do it through that, that progression, I'm telling you what, the life and the love and the honor of God is greater. So we acknowledge it and we give place to it. And so uh, I want to just say this, uh, this statement that I found. It says when, it was an old writer a long time ago wrote this, when the real history of mankind is fully disclosed, will it feature the echoes of gunfire or the shaping sounds of lullabies? Will what happened in cradles and kitchens prove to be more controlling than what happened in congresses? That's amazing, isn't it? And then uh, this man by the name of W.R. Wallace said this, the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. There are people, uh, you know, that, whose names are great. And we know those names. And, and we don't have time to list all those people. But in my study uh, for today, I did all this study on, you know, people's mothers and all these uh, famous people and what they said about their mothers. And, uh, and it's true, people that are great influencers in the world, you ask them who was one of the greatest influences of their life, and many of them say their mother. And some of those people, no one even knows their mother's name. A lot of those people, unless you interview that person, uh, uh, we don't even think about their mother. But one of the people that is, was a great influencer in the world, a great uh, person that, that has influenced us, is Moses. He's a big part of what happened in the Bible. And, uh, and through his life and, and his leading, he got the children of Israel out of Egypt. And, and through the way that God worked with him, tremendous miracles happened that you can read to your story or you read to your kids at night uh, before they go to bed. Amazing stories. But, um, uh, oh, probably about five or six mornings ago, I woke up and this name, Jochebed, I just thought, Jochebed, and I knew, I knew that was Moses' mother. Moses' mom's name is Jochebed. You don't see that so much. Uh, it, she's named in uh, Exodus, the sixth chapter, in a, another genealogy apart from, from uh, Moses' story. But you know what happened, you know, when he was born. We see it in Exodus, the second chapter. When he was born, his parents saw that he was, he was something that was special about him. In Exodus, the, first cha- the second chapter, go ahead and put that up in the first verse. Exodus 2 and verse 1, there was something special about him. And at that time, all the parents were giving over their children to be um, thrown into the river Nile. 
Can you imagine? And all the parents were doing it. There was pressure on them to do it, but they were doing it until um, Moses was born and Moses' parents refused. They said there was something special about him. Exodus, the first chapter, and, uh, or the second chapter in the first verse. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for months, for three months. Next verse. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket and made a papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. And she put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. Verse 4. And the baby's sister then stood at a distance watching to see what would happen. Verse 7. Then the baby's sister approached the princess. As you know what happened, the baby's, uh, the ark went on down the river. And uh, Pharaoh's daughter came, found that, uh, that little ark, that little basket. And had one of her servants bring it to her. And she looked inside. There was a baby in it. And she knew it was a Hebrew baby. And... Um, she wanted the baby. And so the baby's sister was watching from a distance and came to her, approached the princess and said, should I go find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you, she asked. Verse 8, yes, do, the princess replied. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. It's nice, wasn't it? It's a nice arrangement. Next verse. Take this baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mother. I will pay you for your help. Wouldn't that have been nice? <laughs> you know that statement that says, uh, uh, the, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world? I read another statement that said, the hand that rocks, um, the person on the other side of the hand of the cradle that is being rocked is tired. It was something like that anyway. Yeah, you know what that, is, that means. Anyway, I'll pay you for your help. So the woman took the baby home and nursed him. Next verse. Later when the, ba the boy was older. And uh, you know tradition says it had been about three. Three maybe even four years old. But when the, ba when the boy was older. His mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter. Who adopted him as her own son. The princess named him Moses. And she explained. Uh, I lifted him out of the water. And this is where our Moses came from. The only time his mom had him was this, this very special little lullaby time. This very special uh, and very brief time in his life. But it was powerful enough, the influence was powerful enough that in Acts the 7th chapter and the 23rd verse, you don't have to turn there, you can go ahead and go to Hebrews the 11th chapter and go uh, uh, pull up verse 24. But in Acts 7, it says that when Moses turned 40 years old, it came into his heart to go find his brothers. You could just imagine this mom seemed like the influence that she had given this child was for nothing. Did you hear a thing I said? Did mothers ever say that? Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Is what I'm saying, is it just going in one ear and out the other? Am I just hearing, to, am I just talking to hear my lips flap? Am I just talking to hear the wind, you know, blow? And so a mother can sometimes think, is it doing any good? Is the words that I'm saying doing any good? This mother had this baby for just three years. And it seemed like then for the next 37 years that nothing she said took root. But I'm telling you what, when a mother speaks and she says what God wants her to say and puts things in a little baby's ears in that fresh ground, the seeds may not come up in the next year. They may, but they may not. And if they don't, don't think that they won't. Because for Moses, it was when he was 40 years. And here he is living in the palace of the world empire of that time as Pharaoh's son.
those words in that man were strong enough to uproot him in Hebrews the eighth cha- or the eleventh chapter. Go ahead and go there, Hebrews eleven. Hebrews eleven, and what did I tell you? Verse twenty-four. Hebrews 11 and verse 24, it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. What kind of powerful influence has to be in a human being that makes them refuse to be the son of the one who was ruling the world at that time? Keep going. Next verse. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. The the King James says the treasures of, or another translation says the treasures of Egypt. He identified with slaves. Ah, I tell you, a mother's influence is amazing. Hebrews, or 2 Timothy, you don't have to turn there, but 2 Timothy 1 and verse 5, Paul was talking about Timothy's mother and grandmother that had uh, such an influence on him. Timothy was pastor of the church at Ephesus, which was in that time one of the most influential churches uh, of the new, uh, of uh, the church age. It was a big church, and Timothy was the pastor. And what, what Paul said to him, he said, The faith that I see in you, I recognize, was the same faith that was in your mom and in your grandma. I like that because grandmothers get their kids every once in a while, or their grandkids every once in a while. There is such impact that a grandmother's words can have in the life of a child. And it was, it was Lois and Eunice and their harmony together that brought this tremendous influence into Timothy. Uh, there was this story I, I, I found, in, or just this statement I found, when Robert Ingersoll, and I'd heard his name before, the notorious skeptic, was in his heyday, two college students went to hear him lecture. As they walked down the street after the lecture, one said to the other, well, I guess he knocked the props out from under Christianity, didn't he? The other said, no, I don't think he did. Ingersoll did not explain my mother's life. Until he can explain my mother's life, I will stand by my mother's God. So, moms, I'm telling you, what influences you will be what you influence with. I had in my heart just to encourage you as mothers, continue to be influenced by God. There's so many influences in this world. There's so many influences that come through friends or comes through stories that you'll hear or movies or daytime stories and yuck things that can pollute and taint the influence. You will influence. You will influence. But what kind of influence you give to your child will be what you're influenced with. If you're influenced by God, then it will be godly influence that you not only give your children, but you give your husband, you give your friends, you give whoever you're around. You will give what you're being influenced with. I want to encourage you today. Don't be influenced by fear. You stand up to fear. Because whatever you're influenced with, you're making a, you're making a arc and surrounding your babies with whatever you're surrounded with in your thoughts and your own soul. You want to surround the people that you care for with faith. You want to surround them with great potential. You want to surround them that God, uh, by his grace, you can do anything. Anything that he ever calls you to do, you can do it. 
You can do it. You want to surround the people that you love, not with condemnation. And condemnation comes from so many different places, but it does not come from God. And so when you're influenced by God, then you'll not give poison or toxin. You'll give sweet encouragement. You'll give relentless love. Amen. And that love is greater. That love that comes from God will not fail. The last thing I had on my heart to say, and I had some other notes too, but this will just be good, is you and God are in tremendous partnership, tremendous partnership with his will becoming apparent to people's life. There's some things that he needs you to do. He needs you to say. And then there are things that you need him to do and him to say. And it's good not to get confused. The part I believe that God wants to stir us up to give, and I read it in, uh, it's in Titus. Let me give you the reference. Titus, the second chapter, Paul was given, given instruction here to um, another one of his pastors, Titus 2 and verse 4. He said, teach the younger women to love their husbands. And all the husbands said. <laughs> but teach, teach, the, teach the, the mothers to love their kids. To love their kids. And I think as a Christian mom, it's really important the love that God gives to our kids and for them to know that God loves them. But this morning, what came up in my heart is that it is important that your children, your husband, the people that are in your life know that you love them. God can't be a mother for you. You're the mother. And your children, the people that you influence need to know that you love them. An amazing thing happens with that, that, that connection that God gives you with the people, especially your children, also your husband. But uh, when they know that you love them, not if they'll change, you love them unconditionally, not if they'll do right, be better, do everything you tell. No, you love them. You love them. What ends up happening is that that connection uh, becomes really strong uh, with, with them trusting your love. And it's easy then for you to take them to him and say, the way I love you, he loves you more. Rather than just only emphasizing that God loves them. If they do something bad, God loves you. God loves you. No, a child needs to hear, I love you. Then it's easy for them to hear, and God loves you more. Does this make sense? Gals, let's love big. And the way we can love big, love every day, love relentlessly, love unconditionally, love when we're not loved, it doesn't seem in return. Love and love and love. The only way to keep that kind of love clean and pure and flowing and flowing day after day after day is to keep receiving that kind of love to you. Ladies, I tell you today again, God honors you. But not just on Mom's Day. God loves and honors you every day of your life. He loves you unconditionally. He loves you completely. He loves you purely. And his love for you won't fail. His love will keep you strong. Hallelujah. I'd like my husband to come. He's going to just pray a prayer of blessing on the moms today. If you'll just bow your heads. Father, we thank you so much for every mother that's here. 
And Father, we speak grace to them, that they are graced to be mothers, that it doesn't have to be even difficult, but there is a supernatural gracing upon each lady. And by the Holy Spirit right now, it's come to me that there may be some mothers thinking, oh, after hearing this today, I could have done this, and I could have done that, and I wish I would have done this, and I wish I would have done that. And the Spirit of the Lord would say to you, forget those things that are behind. Forget about your past performance. No longer blame yourself for what is in the past, but look up and look forward and know that you're graced today to go forward, and you'll have strength to do the necessary things to do, and your influence shall be great. Mm -hmm. And those that are under that influence shall rise up. Do not look at where they would be now, but know that the seeds that you've planted even previously, those seeds will sprout, and they shall rise up, and they shall influence, and they shall serve the Lord God and make a difference in this world. So rejoice and look up and forward and do not look backwards because he is on your side and he is with you and he has graced you for this task. Amen. Can we just thank the Hallelujah. Lord? Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank Hallelujah. You, Lord. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness today. Thank you so much for giving us mothers, Lord, that we can honor them. And Father, we thank you for giving us your son and that you've loved us so much that you gave us your precious son. And Father, before we dismiss today, we do not want to leave this place with the possibility of somebody being with us and not having the opportunity to pray and accept Jesus as their Lord. So Father, we thank you so much for sending Jesus for us. Jesus, thank you for dying for us. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you speak and tug on each person's heart uh, today to let them know there is a heaven to gain there is a hell to lose and as jesus said we must be born again to enter the kingdom of god if you're with us today uh we're just going to ask everyone to close your eyes and maybe you're with us today and you've never had that wonderful opportunity the bible says if you confess jesus as lord and believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you shall be saved Today is a wonderful day. The Bible says, do not harden your heart in the day of salvation. In other words, when you know that God is speaking to you and he's tugging on that heart, do not harden it, but give in, yield, and make a decision that you're going to confess Jesus as your Lord. As I look around the auditorium today, I'm going to give you that opportunity. Actually, we're going to pray a prayer first, and then I'm going to give you an opportunity to raise your hand if you pray that prayer. So let's pray this prayer together. All you have to do, we're we're going to close our eyes. We're going to concentrate. We're going to pray this from our heart. And all you have to do is pray this from your heart and just mean it uh, as you pray this. So let's say this together. Father, we thank you. Thank you for giving your son. Jesus, thank you for dying for me, loving me, going to hell for me, becoming sin for me, taking sickness for me. Thank you for that. Right now, I confess you, Jesus. Jesus, I call you Lord. I believe God raised you from the dead. And I accept you as my Savior. You're welcome in my heart today. Thank you so much for loving me.